Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Whether this is your first time or you're one of the brave souls who join us every week. The time is upon us. It's the most spectacular day of the year. Finally, we get to carve the pumpkins, dress up for parties, and of course, share our favorite scary stories. But just because it's time for tricks doesn't mean we should forget the rules of polite society or something wicked might just come your way. So treat yourselves, foolish mortals. It's Halloween. Let the haunting begin. First, asking for trouble, followed by trick, no treat. Then, don't get greedy. Finally, in our featured story, Halloween Night Horror. Before we get started, we also wanted to say that next week we'll be on a much-needed hiatus. But don't worry, we'll be back with more scary stories the following week. So, want to hear something scary? All Hallows' Eve Horror Sometimes, certain sayings become cliched for a reason. The old adage, too good to be true, is one which can often be applied. So maybe if you find the perfect mask, it might not be as advertised like in this story inspired by Christopher Barron. Mortimer's Mask was the best place in town to get a Halloween mask. It had been in its original location since anyone could remember. Mr. Mortimer was known for making some of the most realistic masks around. The store was very modest with only a simple sign over the front windows that said, Mortimer's Mask, in big orange letters. Inside, the walls were hidden by pegboards that held every kind of mask that you could ever want. There were clowns, werewolves, vampires, and zombies. The ones that took first place at every costume contest. 
There were even a few that looked like demons, devils, and a handful of those that couldn't be explained. Behind the counter was Mr. Mortimer himself. He was a chubby, balding man with a white shirt, red suspenders, and brown pants. He wore little glasses that made his eyes look far too small for his round face, but they crinkled at the corners whenever a new customer came in. He was friendly and loved to help his customers with their choices. And if there was something special you wanted, Mr. Mortimer would gladly take a special request and make you a mask himself. It was a week before the big day when I walked into the shop for the first time and I saw the vast collection staring down at me from the walls. I took my time to examine all of them, letting my eyes wander over the details of the masks and wondered why a man of his talents was here in a small town and not in a studio in Hollywood. Can I help you, my dear? A voice asked me and I jumped. I turned to see Mr. Mortimer standing behind me, wearing a smile as he stared at me. I told him I had a party that weekend and wanted to be the scariest thing there. Mr. Mortimer's smile seemed to grow when he asked me if it was a custom job. I guess so. I wanted something so freaky that no one else would have it. I was thinking about something along the lines of Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I didn't want it to look like the oversized big box store mask that you see. I wanted this to look as if I was actually wearing someone's skin. The grin on Mr. Mortimer's face seemed stretched as he laughed and said, <laughs> That I can certainly do. How soon do you need it? Oh, as soon as possible, I said as I pulled out my wallet, asking how much it would cost. We'll talk about it when it's done, Mr. Mortimer said. But I should have it for you the day after tomorrow. That was sooner than I expected, and I thanked him as I left the shop and went about the rest of my day. All the while... I kept thinking about what he was going to make for me and why it was so fast. He must have had his own materials and molds on hand. The shop was empty when I went to collect the order and Mr. Mortimer greeted me with his usual wide smile when I came in. I asked him if my mask was ready and his face seemed to wrinkle too much. Oh yes, I have it right here for you. He said as he pulled out a cardboard box with a strange red stain on one corner. When he opened it, there lay the most realistic mask I had ever seen. It was indeed the face of a person, but the details such as the scars, hair, and eyelashes were too real to be just latex. It was then that I started to notice the small flyers that were taped to the back of the counter. I leaned over to get a better look, and there, staring back at me, were the faces of dozens of missing people. All of them were stuck together like a bizarre and sick collage. I leaned back and started to back away from the counter as I watched Mr. Mortimer's smile grow unnaturally. <laughs> Do you like it? He asked, the seams of his face seeming to split open as he reached down through a switch under the counter. There was a click, and then the door behind me locked. I stood there, trembling as the mask maker came towards me as he began to take off his own mask. I screamed as the mask maker came so close that I could see every scar in the bald patches of his pale and pasty skull. He tried to smile, but without any lips that was quite impossible. 
he held the new mask, which was his latest and greatest work up to me and said, <laughs> do you really not like it? My screams were muffled as he pulled the mask over my face and forced it over my skull. I could feel and smell it as I tried not to vomit. His jaw clattered together as he laughed, which was hollow and seemed to muffle my screams as he pulled his greatest mask over his newest customer. Have you ever found a mask that looked a little too real? Would you still try it on? Do you have a favorite that you've worn for Halloween? Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Halloween is the time for tricks as well as treats. And sometimes we can't be too sure if something is really all as it seems. Like in this story written by Janine Pipe. I was bummed out not to be able to go to any of the parties this year but at least my BFFs were with me to watch spooky movies and help hand out candy to the trick-or-treaters while my parents were away. We took turns opening the door and ooing and aahing at the cute costumes. Whenever it was my turn, it took a little longer since I was on crutches, but we made it work. Around 9.30, the doorbell had stopped ringing, so we popped in a final movie and devoured the leftover candy. Just after 11, both of my friends headed home, just a couple of blocks over, and I hobbled up the stairs to bed. It might have been Halloween, but it was still a school night. I was just getting into bed when there was a knock on the door. I check my cell. It's 11.29. It seems way too late for trick-or-treaters, but I also don't want my parents to come home and find the front yard full of teepee. 
so I slowly make my way back towards downstairs. I open the front door, but keep the chain on. I'm 99% sure mass murderers don't knock, but you gotta play it safe. It's a girl. She looks around my age, but I don't recall seeing her in the halls at school. She's dressed a little like Wednesday Adams, with long black hair, but for some reason, she's not wearing any shoes and she's a little dirty, like she has actual dirt and leaves on her, and she's crying. Help me. I'm of two minds. It's late and I'm home alone. I don't want to let her in. But this super annoying voice whispers in my ear that if I was in trouble somewhere, I'd wish another teen girl would have helped me out. So I let her in. Oh, thank you so much, she sobbed, walking straight into the den and onto the couch. I stumbled in after her. I left my crutches upstairs and landed awkwardly on one of the overstuffed chairs. I'm not from around here, the girl said. I'm staying with family and I went to a party with my cousin this evening. Well, I thought I was going to a party, but it turned out just to be one of the four of us hanging at the cemetery. She clarified they'd been joined by her cousin's boyfriend and his buddy. She hadn't been especially pleased by the obvious matchmaking, but had gone with the flow. The boys had brought some tea lights and suggested they play a hundred candles, blowing out each tea light as someone told a spooky tale. Then... As the final flame snuffed out and they were left in the darkness, a spirit would appear. And it did, the girl claimed, looking deadly serious. I only saw her for a second, but she looked like she was from olden times. I was so scared, I just ran and ended up here. Please, can you lend me yourself so I can call my cousin? I still wasn't sure about all this, but she didn't look like a burglar or serial killer, so I slowly hobbled back up the stairs to grab my cell and my crutch this time. Here you go. I started when I saw I was speaking to an empty room. I looked about and called out, but there was no trace of the girl. No trace of leaves or dirt on the couch either. I headed back over to the front door and bolted and chained it shut. Then I went back to bed. When I woke up the next morning, I was still feeling weird about the whole thing. I decided I would just ask around school. She might not be from here, but it sounded like her cousin and the boys were. I flicked on the TV for some company as I made myself some coffee when I caught the end of the morning news report. The teen's body was found by dog walkers this morning in the cemetery. The county medical examiner has stated she looks like she was killed around 9.30 p.m. last night. If you have any information, please call us on. I stood frozen staring at the TV. The reporters must have gotten there fast as they had footage of the body being placed into the ambulance for the morgue. Her face was covered with the white sheet, but as soon as I saw the long black hair spilling out from under it, I knew. And then just before it cut back to the reporter, I saw her feet at the bottom of the gurney. Her bare feet. It didn't make sense. I rushed over to the sink thinking I might throw up. If the girl was killed around 9.30, how on earth could she have appeared on my door at 11.29? Unless the girl who came to see me to ask for help was already dead. Would you open the door long after the trick-or-treaters had gone home? 
What would you have done if your visitor just disappeared? Many of us can't resist the lore of candy and sometimes the rumble of our tummies can overrule common sense when we're left feeling stuffed and sick. But what if your greed reaches a whole other level? As in this All Hallows Eve tale inspired by Solar 496. Halloween was a lot of fun for Amber, Claudia, and Anna Torch. The triplets were well known in school for their devilish behavior. Amber was hardened, solid, and as tough as nails. Claudia was cruel, calculated, and as cold as ice. Finally, Anna was dangerous, deceptive, and as quick as a snake. They loved Halloween because of their tactic to get candy. They would buy the most horrifying costumes they could get their hands on and then scare any young children nearby, causing them to scream and run, often leaving their candy behind, which the girls would take for themselves. Everyone knew about the yearly act, but as they always wore concealing masks, nobody knew it was them. This Halloween, they had even bigger plans. The sisters realized if they took the bags and went from house to house, they could get double the candy. The haul they stole and a fresh batch from trick-or-treating. And their plan worked. Soon they had so much candy that it was hard to carry. Then they saw a young girl moving through the streets carefully and quietly. She was alone with a large bag of candy in her hands. The girls decided to get one final score and then call it a night. As they got closer, they realized they knew their target, the new girl, Alice. She just moved in with her grandmother a few weeks back. Most people avoided Alice as there were rumors that if you pissed her off, you'd be visited by her grandmother and punished under Alice's request. Apparently, there was no end to Alice's creativity. The sisters thought it was a load of rubbish, so the trio scared Alice, who screamed and ran, dropping her bag of candy in her haste. The girls laughed and grabbed the bag from off the pavement, then dragged all the goods back to their house. At home, they hid in Anna's room to sort through their ill-gotten gains. They emptied their bags onto the carpet. Alice's bag was also full of candy, but as soon as they started to pour it out, the door slammed open. On the other side was a short, old lady. Her eyes were full of rage, and she was looking at the girls with disgust. They knew who this was, Alice's grandmother, but they weren't scared, more annoyed. She was an old lady. They were strong teenagers. They could take it. A smile crept across Alice's grandmother's face as she locked eyes with Amber and shut the door behind her. Are you really tough as nails, Amber? The old lady said, casting her hand towards Amber, who clutched her stomach as her eyes widened in pain. She coughed and spat out blood, her eyes starting to water. Amber tried to scream in pain, but her mouth filled with blood, making it impossible. Finally, the girl fell to her hands and knees. Her back arched and her body caved in. She vomited up several bloody six-inch iron nails from within her belly. She then fell to the floor, dead. Alice's grandmother turned to Claudia, who backed up against the wall in fear. Claudia, are you really as cold as ice? She asked this time, casting her hand now at the second sister. Claudia's tan skin turned pale as she gasped for air. 
Her lips turned from pink to a bright blue and tiny clear crystals pushed through every pore of her body. Within seconds, her body was blue and she fell down, shattering into minuscule pieces of ice as she hit the floorboards. Alice's grandmother grinned evilly and turned to Anna, who was struggling to open the door, but it was firmly locked. Your turn, Anna, the old lady said as she raised her hand slowly, relishing the moment. Are you really as quick as a snake? Anna felt something huge twist and writhe inside her stomach and she gasped in shock and pain. She screamed as she felt it force its way up her throat, blocking her windpipe. A 12-foot-long king cobra slithered out of her mouth and onto the floor. Anna fell to her knees, coughing and gasping from the pain. The last thing she saw was the giant cobra opening its jaws, preparing to strike. Alice's grandmother turned on her heel and left the room. Their bodies would be a reminder that you should never take more than your fair share. Have you ever overindulged in candy on Halloween? Have you ever been tempted to take more than what's fair? And did you pay the price for it? In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she retells the famous spider wig urban legend now animated over on youtube.com slash snarled. And just one more time, spooky friends, happy Halloween. <laughs> Sometimes we can be so caught up in the perfect costume or accessory that we don't always fully consider the consequences of our actions. But be careful. What can seem like a mundane act can lead to something far more sinister. After all, urban legends have to originate from somewhere. Elena wanted an authentic Halloween costume, so she sneaked up to the attic to check out her family's old clothing trunks. Pulling down the dusty old ladder, she headed up realizing why she wasn't allowed there. It was dark and creepy, so she took in a deep breath as she climbed the ladder. She clicked on the light, and in front of her was an oversized portrait of her stern, mean-looking deceased great-grandmother. She felt a spooky chill run down her spine. No wonder they barely visited and locked away her stuff. As Elena opened the trunk, she felt like the painting's eyes were following her. Digging through her great-grandmother's belongings, she pulled out a gorgeous 1920s French dress, and she knew she had to wear it. Holding it up in front of herself, she danced around the attic, stopping dead in front of the portrait when she realized it was the exact dress her great-grandmother was wearing in the painting. She also kind of looked like her, except her hair was all wrong. She needed the bob hairdo from the 1920s, like in the painting. Suddenly, she remembered she'd seen a wig at the bottom of the trunk. She was about to try it on when the doorbell rang. Clutching the wig and dress, she ran down the stairs to open the front door. We're going to be late, chastised her best friend, standing in the doorway and freaking out. Elena quickly got dressed and did her makeup. She looked in the mirror and she was thrilled with the result. She had a vintage, authentic look and she was sure to win the costume contest. 
The two left for the party, giggling at how she looked like a 1920s gangster. However, by the time they arrived at the party, Elena's mood had turned. She kept scratching at the wig. Having never worn one before, she had no idea it could feel so tight. It was itchy and crawly. They had only ever been at a party for five minutes when the crawling sensation became almost unbearable. This wig is just so itchy. I don't think I can stand it for the whole night, she told her friend. Sweat was dripping down her back and she became weak in the knees. Her friend caught up to her and said, You have to keep it on for the contest. Her friend practically dragged her up on stage when it started. When it was Elena's turn to step into the spotlight, she didn't show up. The host looked around and called her up again. Then he looked closer. She was in the back of the stage looking like she was about to collapse. Oh, oh God, cried the host, pointing at her wig. He watched as a small black spider emerged from under the wig, followed by another and then another. Elena's eyes rolled into the back of her head and she dropped to the floor. When she hit the ground, hundreds of black spiders crawled out from under it. Elena gasped, the pain jolting her back. She shrieked as the spiders covered her face, thrashing around on the ground while slapping at the spiders as they traveled down her arms. Great costume! How does she do that? One person asked. Some guests giggled and cheered in awe at the convincing performance. Until she jerked the wig from her head. A sea of baby spiders burst from under it, scattering everywhere. They began crawling out of her ears and eyes. Some partygoers screamed and fled, realizing that this was real. Her friend grabbed the punch bowl and drenched her in the liquid. The spiders dispersed, leaving Elena with swollen red marks. Although she was awake and seemingly okay, the light in her eyes was gone. Her parents were grateful she was alive, but they were still worried, especially when she said she had been in the attic. A spider had spun a nest inside the wig, and the little creepy crawlies had just hatched in time for the Halloween costume party. The good news was she won the costume contest, but even that couldn't cheer her up when she learned the truth. Sweetie, your great-grandmother's things were locked away because they thought it was necessary to keep her belongings separate. You know, there was a similar situation involving spiders once, and during the weeks that came after, something really frightening happened to her. She started losing her sanity, and, and she... Her mother went silent. What, Mom? What happened? Elena begged, now nervous. One week later, she was dead, her mother replied. The autopsy revealed that her body was full of spiders. Elena's mouth fell open in astonishment and disbelief and fear. And in that fleeting moment, as if time had slowed down, her mother's heart skipped a beat. It was then when she thought she glimpsed a shadow of a spider darting across Elena's eye. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. 
Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com slash snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>